everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. The drama that I have chosen to chat about with you guys today is called Scripting Your Destiny. So this drama is a little short web drama. It is only 10 episodes and for the life of me, I cannot remember if the episodes are like normal length or super short. I really, I just, (laughs) I can't fucking remember, sorry. (laughs) You'd think I would, Um, that being a very, you know, important detail, but I can't, so I can't tell you that. Um, But it is still a really short watch. Like, I feel like I just watched it all in two minutes. Like, it's such an easy show. Uh, So this one came out, uh, Scripting Your Destiny came out in early 2021. Uh, And... I want to say fantasy romance would be the genre. It's kind of light. It's a little bit fluffy. It's got some really cute kind of like, you know, staple K-drama tropes, like bickering couple, all that kind of stuff. Um, and lots of kind of, yeah, fun tropey sort of setup, I think. Um, but I want to say that I found the concept behind this show felt very fresh to me. Like I thought the idea was great. And I thought so much of this show was great, actually. I like super, super enjoyed it. And I think for myself, realistically, I felt like the only kind of fault of this show is that it is only 10 episodes and I could have done with a full length 16 episode drama. And I really feel like... I feel like I could, particularly at one point in the story, I was like, oh, it needed an extra four episodes in here to, you know, give me what I wanted that would be more satisfying in terms of like that romantic development. But in saying that, considering this very short runtime, this very kind of like big concept that I think the drama is playing around with, with this kind of fantasy romance and the world that it's building, I think it's really solid. Um, And I found myself way more like emotionally moved, um, very invested and very heart achy at the end, which really surprised me. Um... Yeah, I feel like at the start for me, it did sort of take me a little while to get into it just because, and I think maybe that's part of, again, this kind of shorter runtime where they sort of had to breeze through some things really quickly when I feel like a 16 episode drama, you know, you could have just dug in really deep into these elements, but 
And saying that, I didn't mind, you know, at all. I got into it quite quickly once, you know, kind of once I got over, like, maybe just the very start of it. Um, very invested in the characters. And I, I really, yeah, I just really liked it. So the writer of Scripting Your Destiny, um, I believe I read online that she was actually, I think it was a she, uh, was actually like a rookie writer working very closely for quite a while with um, the mega famous uh, script writer Kim Eun Suk, who is, of course, you know, the famous writer behind such dramas as The King, Eternal Monarch, uh, Mr. Sunshine, Goblin, Descendants of the Sun, like so many big mega famous dramas. And I think that I remember, you know, during the promo for this web drama, Scripting Your Destiny, there was a lot of kind of talk of like, look, it's this, you know, this writer who's worked with this famous Kim and Suk, and this drama has similarities in some ways to, say, a fantasy romance like Goblin. Not that I've seen Goblin, but I feel like I know a lot about the story just from, I don't know, reading about it and spoiling myself online. <laughs> um but yeah, I just found the concept of this so fresh, such a cool idea, like the kind of idea I'm like, why the fuck did I not come up with this idea <laughs> as an author? I would love to have a cool idea like this that, you know, is so fleshed out. And I, I feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like brought across really well. So anyway, I guess I'm rambling now. So the reason why I picked up uh, Scripting Your Destiny originally, um, I literally just, you know, I follow casting news, I suppose. I love to know what dramas are coming out. Um, and quite often I will get attracted to a new drama that's coming out, like a new show, because there's an actor or actress in it and I'm following them around. So as soon as there's someone I like in something, I'm like, right, I'll watch it. I'll give that a good go. Um, this one didn't have anyone I knew in it at all. And I literally just read the synopsis and I was like, that sounds adorable. It sounds excellent. So the general kind of concept of the show uh, that I read in this synopsis is that, you know, there's a god of fate and he's writing, you know, a woman's kind of like romance, but he doesn't know anything about romance. So he's actually like stealing her, her romance fiction and writing like her kind of relationship based around that. And obviously that's, that's pretty hilarious straight up. So I was like, yes, you know, that sounds cute. And that sounds fun. Uh, and it is cute and fun, but also quite a lit, a little bit more, um, intense. I think than I expected or moving I should say so this is for me was kind of like a cast of fresh faces uh, the female lead is not someone I've seen before uh, her name is John Sony uh, I really liked her I think she's very adorable in this very cute um just really likable. I really, really liked her. So I don't think I've ever seen her in anything before, but yeah, she was lovely. Um, the male lead I had just seen. So his name is Guido Hoon. Ah, Guido Hoon. So Guido Hoon was very recently, I saw him in Love Alarm 2. So this is like the developer guy, if you've seen Love Alarm 2. Um, the guy, the mysterious developer guy, whatever. Um, but very interestingly, uh, when I started looking through, you know, his sort of past stuff that he's been in, I realized I have seen him before. Um, I didn't watch the whole drama, but I did start watching um, the 2019 sort of fantasy sort of slash history drama, Arth Dal Chronicles with Song Joong-gi. Um, and so this guy, this actor, Ki Do-hoon, is actually, I if you've seen After Chronicles, you may have noticed, because I certainly noticed, um, 
you know, there's a whole bunch of sort of, you know, there's the baddie guy or whatever, and he has a whole bunch of sort of warriors who, I don't know, he hangs around with a lot. And one of them is wearing like, I don't know, like a like a coronavirus mask, but it's black and looks cooler than that, I guess. <laughs> um, and so, like, as I watched quite a few episodes of the show before I ended up stopping. Uh, and I never saw his face in it. But, like, you notice him because clearly he's very handsome, but also half his face is masked. So you're like, ooh, what's going on? Very mysterious there. Um, and whenever I, like, look up pictures of Arthur, like, he's – He's clearly a popular character. So the character's name was apparently Young Char. Uh, so I did really notice him in that, but I just did not make the connection that this was the same dude at all. And I think, yeah, I just, yeah, he looks completely different when you can actually see what he looks like, I guess. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I really... I guess that's there's other casting as well like but I feel like it's all a bunch of kind of like nice fresh faces in this one um also when I pull it up I don't get any of their like you know normally it comes up with a cast list on the sites that I use when I'm talking and this one doesn't have any photos so it's 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 hard for me to um <laughs> put the character names to the actors um I guess it was one other dude he's sort of plays like a second male lead, um, but he's got quite a big role. Um, it's not like a romantic role at all. Uh, so he's an actor called Park Sung Nam, uh, who again, I don't know, apparently he was in Hello, My Twenties, but I don't remember it. I guess he was. Anyway, I really liked the cast. I really liked all of them and I thought they all did a really good job. Uh, so I think that's all I'll say for this casting stuff. I'm just going to explain a bit about the story and then go into some stuff I loved. I feel like my chat today will be probably fairly short and breezy just because the drama was, although it does get it does get a bit emotional and meaty towards the end. Um, but just before I get onto the kind of the story and the setup, uh, if you haven't seen Scripting Your Destiny... I think it's worth your time. It's it's not a lot of your time. And I think particularly if you do enjoy, you know, that kind of fantasy romance genre, you know, that's quite a big thing, I think, in K-drama land. Um, and I think this one's a really good entry into that sort of genre. I think it's very fresh concept and very well thought out concept. Like once you start digging around in this world that the writer of this drama has created, like... It's pretty fascinating and it's quite, you know, layers deep and everything is just really interesting to the point where I just wish there was more of the show so we could, yeah, just explore it all more. But I super, super enjoyed it. So, yeah, I think it's worth your time. All right. So I'm going to get into the setup of the show now. Okay, so I'm going to try and tell you guys a little bit about the setup, just the general sort of start of, of what this drama is doing. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> I did watch it a little while ago. Um, I just got really busy and I didn't have time to kind of do my usual. I like to record, um, you know, my thoughts about a drama as soon as I can once I finish watching it, because I literally have a memory of a sieve, if a sieve wasn't a kitchen utensil and had a memory, then that's what I would have. But I don't because that makes no sense. <laughs> I feel like that was a really bad analogy. <laughs> but I feel like you guys get the general gist, uh, gist of what I'm trying to say, which is um, I have a really bad memory and I watched this a long time ago. So please forgive me if I make small weird mistakes. So basically, uh, this show, the idea, I guess the general kind of concept is so it's a modern set drama. It's set in the current day. 
and the idea is there are gods of destiny. And these gods are like otherworldly beings, all of them apparently very handsome young men who are very tall, apparently. <laughs> That's what this world has. Um, and their job is to like literally sort of hang out in, um, you know, this otherworldly library, which sits at the top of an apartment building um, via a secret special lift. And in this library, there are just, you know, just walls and walls and walls of these volumes of books. And each of these books belongs to a human being. And these gods of dense, dest not density, <laughs> Gods of density. No, sorry. Gods of destiny. Each of them is assigned like, I don't know, freaking thousands and thousands of books. And they're responsible for the destiny and the fate of all these humans whose books they hold. And they have to literally write out everything that happens to these humans. So some of these gods of destiny are super, super lazy. The idea is that they'll literally write, you know, this person was born and, you know, 80 years later, this person died. And apparently a lot of them do that when they're feeling lazy. And the idea is that that's when people have very like unlucky sort of lives and weird, bad stuff happens and stuff like that. Um, what's a really good God of destiny will write out a very, you know, positive existence for their people. Um, one of my favorite things about these gods of destiny, aside from the fact that they were all very handsome young men, <laughs> aside from that was the fact that they literally spent the whole time, like just, I think, sloshed on big glasses of red wine. They constantly, like whenever you see them in their, you know, random secret otherworldly library, they'd always have a bottle of red wine. They'd always be carrying around glasses of red wine. And then if they weren't doing that, they would literally be doing their work at like, I don't know if it was like a God bar or just like a general normal bar, but they were always hanging out at bars and just drinking all the time. And it made me chuckle so much. The idea that these people, these gods, I should say, who are responsible for human fate and human outcomes and everything that is good or bad about your life are just constantly sloshed on red wine. <laughs> I loved it so much. I thought that was really a very fun detail. Like they never kind of talk about it or point it out, but I was like, I think there is alcohol in practically every scene where these guys are meant to be working. So I found that, I found that highly amusing for myself. Uh, so that's the general idea. So the drama kind of centers around this one particular character who is our heroine and her name is Chaekyung. So Chaekyung is a, uh, like a K-drama writer. She writes scripts for K-dramas, uh, which I think is really fun. Um, but she's also a secret one. So she kind of she, I guess she puts her mum's name on the script. No one really knows that she's the one writing it. I'm not really sure what her reasoning was behind that. I can't really remember. Maybe she's just not interested in being famous or maybe it's because she's super young and she wants people to take her seriously. I don't really know. But, you know, a very few people in the entertainment business obviously do know it's her. But when the drama starts, she has this like mad hit drama. And she writes Mukjung. So Mukjung, uh, if there's any listeners who don't know, is that kind of, um, you know, the, the super soapy K-dramas, like the mellows, the melodrama Mukjung. Um, so they're the, the kind of K-drama that is like, you know, I want to say more along the lines of Bold and the Beautiful or, or that kind of stuff, which I feel like 
K-dramas, everyone who doesn't watch K-dramas kind of thinks that all K-dramas are mukjang, but they're not. I don't agree with that. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole different topic. Um, but I found it very hilarious because in this drama, we're constantly kind of getting treated to these scenes of these mukjang dramas that our heroine Che Kyung is writing. And I just giggled so much. It was so funny. Uh, so, um, I guess I'll just talk about it now. I was going to talk about this in my something I love section, but it's just, it's so good. So there's this one, like, you know, so she's, she writes these kind of dramas that are very much like, I guess right now, as I'm recording uh, this episode, there's been some really big hits in Korea lately, like um, Sky Castle followed by Penthouse and, you know, the world of the married and all these kind of, um, you know, uh, you know, very, oh, I don't want to say very soapy, but like a little bit, you know, a little bit mellow and all these very, you know, beautiful, rich, you know, attractive women who are very elegant and always dressed in incredible clothes, like this kind of genre. And so um, Che Kyung's big hit drama at one point in this show is called Sky Cash, which just like made me laugh so much, Sky Cash. Uh, and there's this scene that we get to see where there's this like, you know, uh, this this very rich woman has married, you know, some dude. Sorry, this is this is very meta because this is the drama in the drama, but it was just too funny to me. Um, so the main character of the drama within the drama, the Mukjung that uh, our main character's writing, uh, she's married some dude, and this dude's like standing in front of her clearly incredibly rich parents, so like his mother and father-in-law. But there's two of him, and it turns out that the baddie has like gone and got plastic surgery to look exactly like the main woman's husband, and that the mother and father-in-law have to try and figure out which one's actually their son-in-law with these two like. You know, it's just the same dude standing there. It's just so funny. And then the only way that they can figure out which of the two men is the real husband is by both of them taking off their shirts and figuring out which one has the most, like, washboard abs. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I laughed so much. It was just too silly. And I just loved all the, um, I want to just say all the kind of uh, ridiculous um, meta sort of references to other kind of silly drama. So I really loved all that stuff. I found it very charming, really, really charming. And actually, I found a female lead, uh, Che Kyung, who's played by the actress John Sony, also very charming. I really liked her. Um, so basically, the other main character of the show, played by the lead actor Ki Do Hoon, he plays a character called Ho Yoon. So Ho Yoon is a god of destiny. He's very, you know, I guess not very not very expressive. He's like unfeeling. He's very, a little bit disconnected. So he comes across when you meet him, like when she meets him in real life as, you know, this sort of arrogant, sort of rich dude. And he spends all his time sitting in our lead um, character's mother's cafe writing. So the mum thinks, you know, he's their landlord. I don't know why he's their landlord and he owns this building when he's a god of destiny, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and he just sits there in the cafe and he writes all the time. Obviously, he's writing in his, you know, his books of destiny. He's writing all these people's lives out. But as far as the mother and our main character know, uh, the heroine, Che Kyung, they just think, you know, he's an aspiring writer who is rich enough to just sit in a cafe all day kind of chasing his dreams. Um, and so we know as a viewer 
that Ho Yoon, this god of destiny, he has a whole bunch of books, like people that he's writing destiny for, but he has one particular dude who's his kind of like his pet project, his special, you know, and this is the second male lead played by an actor called Kim Woo Suk, uh, and the character's name is Barum. So Barum is Ho Yoon's special project, and he's trying to create a masterpiece is what he says. So he's written this guy Barum to, you know, he's grown up, he's done very well, he's very young and he's become a drama director at a very young age and he's, you know, winning all sorts of accolades for his amazing work. And Ho Yoon's big goal with this, you know, pet project of Barum is to make Barum such a good drama director that he ends up in Hollywood and he's like a huge famous hit. Um, but he also, because he's trying to make Barum's life perfect. He also wants Barum to, you know, experience a romance and fall in love and have that whole kind of experience. Um, unfortunately, though, Ho Yoon doesn't really know what love is and he doesn't know how to write romance. So what he's done is he's kind of looked into Barum's history and he's figured out, you know, who was Barum's first love? because he's going to make sure that these two people come back into orbit to have a very classic sort of, you know, reconnect with your first love and hit it off and have a beautiful love story kind of a moment. Uh, but he also has no idea what he's doing. So uh, Barum, the director's first love, happens to be our female lead, Chaekyong. Um, they never actually met. He just fell in love with her writing. Uh, so she'd written like, I don't know what it is, like some sort of web series or something. And he just really loved it, really connected with it. And it helped him get through a really difficult point in his life. So he just sort of, you know, always felt that this person was his first love because they helped him so much. So Ho Yoon figures out that Che Kyung is the first love and starts throwing this couple together. So they have all these like, mad meet cutes that are very much like things that would happen in a K-drama and not really things that would happen in real life. But the most hilarious thing is because Ho Yoon does not know how to write a love story, he has managed to actually take from Chek Yong's house, I can't even remember how he gets his hands on it now, but some old magazine, which she had a story written in this magazine, like a romance story that she wrote in high school when she's super young that she is now very embarrassed about. But it's this, this romance about these two people that meet and they keep meeting and all these like kind of meet cutes and stuff. And it's very romantic. And then at the end, the girl, like, I think she gets hit by a car and just dies and it's super tragic. But the guy can then use that tragedy for his, you know, personal growth and genius and goes off to be amazing. So it's the kind of like super <laughs> kind of, I don't know, tropey tragedy that you might find really great at that age, I suppose, or she did anyway, <laughs> which she's, I think, you know, she's very embarrassed by it now. But she can't help feeling uh, Taekyung as she keeps meeting this, this director, Barum. They keep getting thrown together in all these different kind of weird situations. And she, you know, all this romantic stuff happens, like him having an umbrella at the right moment and just saying certain things. And she'll always leave these kind of um, meet cutes and be like, hang on, isn't that like exactly the fucking same as what I wrote in my story when I was like 14, <laughs> which is so funny because, you know, they are really romantic. He's really nice. The whole situation's great, but you can't really sink into that when you literally know that this is a scene that you have written in a story because it can never feel quite real to her. So her feelings are kind of never getting involved. And of course, during all this weirdness that's happening, she has been thrown together with 
god of destiny, Ho-Yoon. Uh, and so they have a very kind of bickering vibe because he's just very, like, he's very weird. I want to say he's really weird. He's very kind of just disconnected from maybe normal social kind of stuff. And he's just acting on a whole different wavelength, I suppose. On top of that, she thinks that he's, you know, her and her mum's very rich landlord who is potentially going to kick them out of the cafe. And she keeps thinking he's going to raise the rent and all sorts of stuff like that. So they really get off on kind of like a weird foot but they also they kind of have like I guess an easy sort of uh, camaraderie I suppose like kind of this not quite a friendship but just some sort of thing kind of growing between them when they're obviously really enjoying each other's company Um, so I'm not that's probably like a good enough setup I think like obviously the god of destiny starts finding himself drawn to Chekyong and he doesn't know why and he's really resisting it Chekyong is just really confused why she's having like a very storybook romance with this guy but also very confused that her actual feelings are sort of moving towards this you know, ridiculous, taciturn kind of weird guy who eventually tells her that he's a god and she's like, right, okay, you're a god. <laughs> so it's lots of fun. Um, It's interesting because I think the start, like the, the first bunch of episodes, like it took me like, I feel like it did take me one or two episodes to kind of really sink into it, get to know the characters. But once I was kind of into it, I was totally hooked. Um, The start of the drama is very... I want to say almost a little bit traditional in that, you know, it has this sort of love triangle. You know, we've got Chekyong sort of having all these, you know, beautiful romantic moments with this other guy, but being very drawn to sort of, you know, the more bickering, the more annoying, that that kind of dude, the more arrogant dude, as always happens in a K-drama. So it does... And not in a bad way at all. Like that's a that's all a trope and a storyline that plays out in a way that I love completely. So it's very fun and very satisfying. But then when they really start to develop feelings for each other, you get this big sort of flip and you find out a lot more about um, the mythology and the law, I suuppose, the rules, I should say, behind the world of being a god of destiny. So we have another god of destiny as well. So he's um I don't know, he's just another dude, I suppose. So he's um, you know, our main god of destiny, Ho Yoon's, I guess, best friend, dude. Like they they're sort of friends. They just bicker the whole time while drinking copious amounts of red wine. And of course, this is another young, very handsome dude. So this is the actor Park Sung Nam, and he plays a character called Myung. Um so Myung is sort of like He's not older in age, but he's clearly been a god of destiny longer than Ho Yoon. He knows a lot more about what it means and all that kind of stuff. And we find out that Ho Yoon's actually, you know, potentially not even been around that long. He just sort of like turn up fully formed and you don't really know what the rules are which is quite interesting. Um, But we do find out that the whole thing behind being a god of destiny is that you're not meant to feel anything human. You're not really meant to have empathy for humans. And we do see like some other random guy uh, who's a god of destiny who we find out saved somebody, saved a girl that he was writing or something like that. And he just disappears. And so suddenly the stakes for Ho Yoon are a lot higher because, you know, we just get all this cute kind of like, you know, a man that doesn't understand feelings and human interaction and certainly has no idea about love, slowly finding himself drawn to and falling for someone very much against his better judgment. 
but also, of course, that thing where his feelings sort of run ahead of his head. Uh, run ahead? Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> like he hasn't even got his head around what his heart is already feeling. So there's this real disconnect, which can lead to a lot of comedy and is a lot of fun. Um but once we find out more about the law and the world, you start to realize what that means for the stakes of, you know, him. If he falls in love, if he has real human emotion, he is literally going to cease to exist. And that is a big deal. Um, so I like that. I love stakes in shows. And I think it's really fun to have such, you know, what starts out as such like a fun, breezy, cute kind of fluffy show has some very high stakes, which I don't know. I really liked that. And then we get um, kind of a section in the middle, which is this flashback, which I kind of won't talk about because the drama is very short. I don't want to spoil the whole thing. Do I? <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. I always spoil the whole thing. Um, maybe I will. I really liked it. I do want to talk about it. And then I guess people who have watched it can, um, I don't know, engage with that part of the drama too. I think it was some of my favorite stuff because, uh, okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I shouldn't have. Of course I'm going to do it. I spoil everything. Sorry. Um, so it's that point of the show where I feel like the rug just gets pulled out from under you and suddenly you realize that everything is quite different to what you thought was happening. And we flash back and we see that Ho Yoon, you know, first, well, we think first turned up as a god of destiny and he sees this little girl and she's about to get hurt. I think she's about to get hit or something and he's about to save her and Myung is there. So this is this other god of destiny, the sort of best friend one. And he says to Ho Yoon, like, don't do it. You're going to disappear. But Ho Yoon can't help it. He saves the girl. He disappears. And then when he comes back, he comes back in the exact same position on the side of the road under the rain, just kind of looking like very confused. And you realize he has no memory of what happened before. So this is years later. And obviously the little girl he saved was our female lead, Taekyung. So years later now, she's in high school and she, I really liked all the high school stuff. I was like, I'd watch a whole drama of just the high school stuff as well. It was super fun. Uh, and, you know, Ho Yoon kind of, I think, I feel like he sees that she's there and he's just interested and he ends up going to this high school um, and later on we find out that none of them are allowed to go to school and it's clearly because you know he went and it all ended so badly so he goes to high school and he's just like a general a bit of a, a weird dude I guess but anyway uh, Che Kyung decides that she really likes him so she starts hitting on him hardcore and they're hanging out a little bit and it's all very fun and very cute like he's He's just not, he's not particularly receptive, but at the same time, you know, you can tell his feelings are turning towards her without him even knowing it. So she decides that they, they're going to date basically. And she kind of says this in front of the whole class and he's a bit like reticent. He's not really sure that that's what's happening at all. And then clearly there's some other boy in her class who really likes her. So he kind of stands up and he's trying to like talk her into, you know, dating him instead. And there's this scene that I just thought was so funny where we see our god of destiny Ho Yoon like still in his school uniform I think and he goes back to that you know otherworldly library and he's just going crazy searching through all the books and his friend Myung turns up and Myung's like you know like what are you doing and Ho Yoon's like I'm looking for that boy from school's you know book of destiny and Myung is like what what are you gonna do if you find it and Ho Yoon's like I'm gonna kill him <laughs> It's just clearly like a dumb teen, like boy jealousy thing. But the second those words leave his lips and that emotion is released, this petty jealousy, like he just 
disappears, like ceases to exist. So it's like, it's so funny, but it's still pretty intense. Like it's, it's such a good way to get across, you know, he, he feels anything he's gone. Um, so we get to see a lot of that, you know, these two people just keep coming together over and over, just keep getting drawn together over and over. And I really loved it. It gets quite romantic. Um, so yeah, I thought it was really good. I feel like, you know, that's probably enough of the story and the setup. It's, it's, look, it's not, I've been raving about it, right? Like it, it isn't perfect. I don't think. And I do want to kind of say like, it's not, the most perfect drama. Like I think if it was longer, it could have been the most perfect drama, but I do feel like there's some moments in it that are kind of like skipped over a little bit too quickly. And I feel like that's because of the time restraints around the short runtime. And I think if they'd had more room to really sink in deeper to some of the storylines they introduced, um, then it could have been a really, really perfect show. But in saying that, it's still worth your time, even though it's not, you know, it's not 100%. It's still got plenty here, I think, to entertain and to make you giggle, but also to make you swoon a little bit as well. The romance is quite fun. All right, so I'm going to get into a stuff that I loved now. Right, so onto the stuff that I loved. Um, the main one for me is just it is such a fun, fresh, well thought out idea. I thought the concept was just excellent. I thought the world building was excellent. Um, I loved that it ends up being a lot more than you kind of think at the beginning. You think it's just going to be sort of like a surface fantasy element that is just really you know, just leads to a kind of a tropey, nice, cute romance. But in the end, all the kind of the world building elements and the rules and mythology of this whole God of Destiny thing ends up, you know, being a huge part of the drama. And I feel like that's what really introduces the stakes, but also really introduces the kind of deeper emotional elements in the show in a way that I was so surprised to find myself like really like my heart aching over some of these moments. And just loving, I guess, the romance, but also like the the tragedy, I suppose, in the idea of these two people who just, well, one's a god, one's a person, whatever, who just keep getting drawn back together all the time. And the sacrifice that he, you know, disappears each time he begins to have his feelings turned towards the same woman that he cannot stay away from even you know unconsciously he never means to but he's always drawn back into her orbit um so yeah I just thought it was really clever I really liked it uh so the next thing I've mentioned which I already said was I just loved that all the gods were so like sloshy drunk all the time I don't know if they really were they don't come across as drunk but they're just drinking so much alcohol <laughs> so that was fun uh I've said and I said before I love when the backstory gets revealed I love that he keeps saving her um uh, and I love the whole teen part, like when he goes, uh, yeah, just all the high school stuff. I'm like, but I'm a bit of a sucker for all the high school kind of stories. Um, and I could have really done with, you know, I guess I kept imagining like, oh, if this was a 16 episode drama, they could have really like stayed with the high school stuff for a while, given us, you know, like maybe two episodes of that or something instead of, you know, just a shorter flashback. It was really fun for me, but that's probably just, you know, it suits my personal taste as well. Um, absolutely loved all the hilarious Muk Jung kind of drama references and the scenes from her hilarious shows. And she starts kind of imagining herself and Ho Yoon as she starts falling in love with him 
in her like hilarious shows so it's all just oh it was great I really really laughed at a lot of that stuff um particularly the sky cash <laughs> kind of title and the twin husband things with the the washboard abs is just too silly um I actually really enjoyed all the bickering kind of romance I think it kind of transitions mostly really well from this kind of, you know, real bickery, like he's liking her against his better judgment or refusing to admit that he does kind of just really fun, silly stuff um, into something that does feel a little bit deeper and, and quite romantic, I think, towards the end, like properly actually swoony romantic. Um, so, yeah, I, and I really, really liked the characters. Um, I thought the main female lead was great. I really liked her. I hope she'll be in more stuff because I found her just very charming and likable. And um, the main actor, too, I really liked. He's very handsome and he's very nice. You know, it's kind of it's a harder one to tell with him because his character is – you know, he's so kind of disconnected and emotionless and, you know, cold. He's that kind of a, a, a godly <laughs> kind of character. So, like, he's really good in this. I really enjoyed him. Um, but I'd like to see him in probably something else as well before, you know, you kind of fully know. But I thought, he, yeah, I thought he was great. I really, really liked him. Um, so that's kind of, you know, I guess that's sort of it for my list of stuff that I loved. It's all just stuff I've already talked about at length. So I breezed through it really quickly this time. Um, so now I'll talk about stuff that I didn't love as much, which, you know, isn't really a lot, to be honest, because I had a lot of fun with this show. Alright, so the stuff that I didn't love quite as much, um, like I said, not much. Uh, I just really felt that if the drama had been 16 episodes, it, I felt like it could have been really, really super solid. So I feel super sad <laughs> that it wasn't um, just a longer show, I think. Um, for me, there was one particular moment that I loved the setup. So we have our female lead, Che Kyung. Um, you know, she's got to write this drama. She's, you know, been signed on, I guess, for her next drama, which everyone's hoping will be a hit. Uh, the second male lead, who is uh, director Byram, who is very much like into her, um, mainly because it's written in this book that he has to be, but she is also his first love. So they, you know, they do get along really well. And he obviously really does actually like her. Um, you know, he signed on to be the director of her new crazy Mark Jung show. Um, and for whatever weird reason, <laughs> uh, Che Kyung, obviously, like, she, I think, I can't remember if it's her mom who decides she does or she does, needs like an assistant writer for the project, someone who can kind of live in their apartment and help her and, you know, work with her and look after her while she's just deep in writing mode. And I have to say another thing I really liked about this show is there a there's a lot of K-dramas that have writers as, you know, main characters. And I want to say that you never really see them do a lot of writing. <laughs> Whilst in this one, uh, there's a couple of scenes where Che Kyung, you just see her sitting down and just working. And all she does is work. And you see she works all day and all night and all the time. And that I really liked that. Um, you know, watching someone write is not the most exciting thing, but I do like that they really got it across that she she has to spend her time doing this and that's how she writes these scripts. You know, they don't just pop out of two minutes. <laughs> you know, it's time consuming. Um, Obviously, I like that because I'm an author and I felt it was realistic in this crazy drama that was otherwise around um, random gods and the like. Um, so anyway, that was beside the point. 
The point was that while she has to work on this drama in her house, she needs an assistant writer. And for whatever mad reason, her mother, you know, Ho Yoon's over for dinner or some shit. I can't even remember. And Che Kyung's mom is like, hey, Ho Yoon, do you want to like be Che Kyung's <laughs> assistant writer? Like, but you'd have to live in our house, even though he lives just upstairs in the magical elevator or whatever. And Ho Yoon, because at this point, he's really like, he's very, very confused, young man, God, whatever. Uh, and he very much wants to hang out with her. So he, again, against his better judgment is like, okay, I guess I'll be your assistant writer. I'm like, can he even write? Oh yeah, I guess he can. Cause he wants to be a writer. And that's probably why they asked him now that I'm thinking about it. <sighs> that is quite logical. It makes sense. <laughs> so anyway, what we get there is the ultimate in excellent setup for romantic hijinks, in my opinion. Like at this point, the romance has still very much been squarely in the kind of like, you know, it's, it's there's some deepening moments. There's a lot of kind of deeper feelings starting to exist. But on the whole, it's very still light and frothy, still a bit bickery, a lot of fun, a lot of like it's just starting to get a bit awkward between them. And I was like, I am so here for maybe like four full episodes of her at home writing this drama, which would be hilarious because all, all the rest of it about the drama has been hilarious, you know, like all the muck jung stuff. And I'd love the idea of all the, the scenes that she would make up and, you know, it's very funny stuff. And then we'd get to see Ho Yoon literally living in the house with her and just being in her face all the time or, you know, more fun, her being in his face all the time because he's the one who's like trying very hard not to admit um, what's going on in his heart, basically. And then, of course, add to that mix, director Barum, who is clearly into Chekong, who is causing Ho Yoon a lot of like just intense confusion because Director Barum is supposed to be his special project. He's the guy that he's supposed to be like actually pushing towards Chekyong. He's trying to get these two to fall in love, but now he kind of doesn't want to. So I was just like, can you even imagine the fantastic hijinks that would come out of that incredible setup? Like, I feel like if the drama had been 16 episodes, it could have just been like what it is, added in four episodes of hilarious housebound living together hijinks with the love triangle, like really kind of being in it more. And then, you know, for me, just personally for me specifically, add in some more of the high school stuff. Uh, and it would have just been fucking amazing. I would have loved it. But unfortunately, because I think of the very short time run, they set up this incredible like living together, you know, love triangle issue with all these complicated emotions. And they really don't have time to linger on it. So they set it up and within two seconds, it's kind of like that part of the show's over and he's not going to be there anymore. And suddenly the romance goes from this very kind of like still bickery, they haven't really admitted anything to suddenly they both kind of admit that their feelings are, you know, quite something. And he's like giving her a back hug or whatever. And I'm like, whoa, I could have done with an extra few episodes in between those. Like it didn't feel out of the blue. Like you knew it was coming and you could see that they liked each other. But I feel like it just jumped from that point where they like each other. They haven't admitted it to each other. They haven't really fully admitted it to themselves to oh, now we're into the sort of angsty part of the drama. And I don't think it's anyone's fault. It's only because they didn't have enough time to linger. Um, but I felt like, oh, if that could have just been drawn out with that kind of incredible setup that it had, I just would have died of happiness. <laughs> so that's only like a super minor complaint because um, 
really, I just liked it so much. I wanted more. And that's really my only complaint. <laughs> All right. So, um, I guess I'll talk a little bit about the end. So I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Uh, I half really loved the ending because it made me feel a lot of unexpected emotions. I found it achingly beautiful, quite romantic, very tragic, but in a sort of like bittersweet, confusing kind of way. Um, and then the other half of me was just like, what the fuck? Where's my happy ending? I thought this was a fluffy romance show. <laughs> it kind of has a happy ending. And I think, I don't know, it sort of does, but it sort of doesn't too. Um, and I feel like it could have very easily had a happy ending. So it was kind of an interesting one. So I feel confused because I actually still really liked it, even though it was so achingly sad, I suppose. Um, so at this point, uh, Ho Yoon has realized that if he falls in love with Che Kyung, he's going to cease to exist and he's not going to just pop back into existence like he has all those other times. I can't remember why. Is it because you only get so many chances? Perhaps that's it. I really don't know. Um, but he decides to run to her anyway. Meanwhile, Che Kyung has realized that she has been interacting with this same dude her entire life, that she keeps getting drawn back to him. But each time he disappears because he falls in love with her, her memories get wiped. And that's why she can't remember all these different times that she's fallen in love with him. And the, the previous time to this particular time that we're watching, you know, it got really far. They were like, I don't know, making out in a field or whatever, in a barn, on some hay. I don't know. It was great. I liked it. <laughs> so it's all, yeah, it's just interesting, this idea of... I guess her, her memory is getting wiped each time. So this time she remembers everything and they're running towards each other in a field and she realizes that he does love her. And the second he reaches for her to touch her, he just disappears. And you think, oh no, like obviously I know because he's gone, but also she, you think she's going to lose her memories. But that kind of second god of destiny, Myung, who's he's kind of the cynical one, you know, he's the one who's all like, nah, you just got to play by the rules, you know, don't get involved, who cares, like whatever, humans, ugh. And then suddenly he's so moved by this, oh, cat. <laughs> Sorry, the cat jumped on my desk. I'm just going to try and lift her off. Get off. Um, Sorry. <laughs> um. Oh, I'm trying to push her off my lap, but she's decided this is where she's sitting now. That's very, very distracting for me. <laughs> uh, so this kind of cynical other God guy, you know, he decides that he's going to give them a gift. He's going to give them the one sort of gift that he can. So he picks up Che Kyung's book and he writes in it that she remembers everything this time. And so he immediately disappears, which I found unexpected and really sad. Can you hear my cat? She's purring. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that. <laughs> yes, she's just all over me, which is highly distracting and not what I need right now. Thank you. That's lovely. Um, anyway, sorry, <laughs> very distracted. Um, but so we see then that Che Kyung is just, you know, fucking unhappy because the man that she's in love with doesn't exist and no one else like even remembers that he ever existed um and I think it's like five years pass and I was like 
this is so super depressing, this poor girl. So you realize that, you know, her and the director, um, Barham, they haven't got together. He has sort of, you know, he, they're just really close. They're good friends. And I think he starts liking someone else or something. I can't remember. But she's just staying single. She's just staying alone because the man that she's in love with or the God that she's in love with, um, you know, has, has ceased to be a real thing. Um, and then one day she gets in the elevator and she goes up and she ends up in, you know, the crazy otherworldly library. And she quickly runs through and she finds whose book? Her own book. I think it's her book. And she writes in it something like, you know, and then she gets to meet Ho Yoon again for one more time or something. So he gets brought back into existence and they kind of come across each other again. But she knows now that if she attracts his attention and kind of pulls him into her orbit again, that he will fall in love with her again. And then again, he will cease to exist. And so she kind of just does this thing where she's like, I'm just going to be in love with him from afar. You know, this unrequited love for as long as I can, I'll just watch him and it'll be unrequited. Uh, Which I was just like, this is the most saddest depressing thing I've ever seen in my life (laughs) and then at the very very end they kind of like they kind of make it like it's quirky and cute but I was like this this is depressing um but we see Ho Yoon's been you know respawned or whatever it is that happens to a god of destiny He's, he's turned up again and uh you know he's going back to be the landlord and he goes and he finds that she's left him like all these sort of like ridiculous letters in his little letterbox and he begins reading them and immediately of course he's intrigued and he's like oh you know i've got to go find this idiot who's been writing me these letters but you know you know it's just going to start all over again and i was like it's very romantic this idea of um you know, destiny and fate and nothing in the world can keep them apart. But it's very (laughs) super sad that they're not together at the end. Um, And then we even see that Myung, you know, the guy who sacrificed himself so she could remember also gets respawned or whatever happens to him. (laughs) So I kind of half loved it because it really worked. Like it gave me an emotional wallop and I kind of half it made me depressed and I really thought that this was a light fluffy rom-com so I was a bit like shocked and surprised um so yeah there you go I explained the whole ending to you uh so that's all I'm gonna say about and I said a lot I said a lot for sure um about scripting your destiny the 2021 10 episode web drama oh the cat just jumped off my lap Thanks, Kat. Lovely. All right. (laughs) So that's it from me on this drama. Thank you for listening to uh, me talking about scripting your destiny. So now it's time to talk about my random thing for this week. And this week I wanted to talk about something that I don't think I've ever talked about. Uh, Like I must have mentioned it on the podcast at some point, I guess. But if you are a K-drama fan, which I'm going to presume you are if you're listening to this ridiculous show, um, then you've probably noticed that if you ever watch like a contemporary set K-drama, like a rom-com or whatever – or anything actually, that has a celebrity 
as a main character so like an actor as a main character or you know a, a writer or you know anything musician idol uh, whatever uh, when you get invited into that character's home they will always without fail have enormous printed photographs of themselves in various poses all around the house right right so like you walk into you know the main male lead who is an actor or a singer's house in a drama not you specifically presumably the female lead not you or anybody um walks into their house and you know maybe might be for instance staying in their spare bedroom (laughs) and above the spare bed will be an absolutely enormous like wall size close-up black and white photo of like that person's face and I was like I can't think of anything less appealing than having a huge head looking at me in my own home but my own face staring at me I just find it so weird and crazy and it's just consistently the case in like every sort of k-drama that has a celebrity as a character one of my other favorite moments is when the celebrity character sits down at like their writing desk to you know I don't know go on the computer do some admin that sort of thing there's always a framed photo a posed one of themselves on their own desk (laughs) I can't even imagine having a framed photo of just myself on my own desk (laughs) oh I love it so much but it's bonkers and I guess you know I presume you've noticed this as well so for some examples, I suppose, uh, in um, this is really old drama. I think it's called something like really, is it called My Fair Lady or My Old Lady or something? I don't know, My Lady. Uh, but it's got that actor, uh, Che Shiwon. She won. He was the second male lead in She Was Pretty. And in this drama, I can't remember. I watched it so long ago. He's like a mad celebrity. And she has to live, you know, the female lead has to live in his house for whatever reason. And she has to go stay and and sleep and live in his spare bedroom. I think she's being like a nanny or something. I I honestly can't remember. Anyway, instead of like the bed having a bed head, the bed just has like a huge wall with his big face on it. And, you know, the actor, Che Shiwon, is, you know, he's a very handsome dude, but you still don't want his enormous, like wall size face staring at you as you try to sleep (laughs) Uh, another example would be um, I've been watching with my friend Lizzie um, Cinderella and the Four Nights Uh, and uh, Cinderella (laughs) Lizzie and I had a big chuckle about how one of the you know I think he's like the third male lead in that drama you know he's he's a he's a singer he's a bit of a celebrity and in his room on his desk is a framed photo of himself (laughs) he also has multiple photos on his walls throughout the other like rooms of his wing of the house I suppose of his own face the cat is being annoying again (laughs) please stop (laughs) anyway I guess I'll stop it there I find it endlessly amusing like it's so funny um Lizzie also pointed out that this is the same deal in Chicago typewriter so you are in's character is a, a famous genius novelist and his multiple enormous handsome photos of himself in his mansion. Um, so I'm kind of wondering, like my question is, 
is this a real thing? Is this a, uh, I, I'm going to presume it's not a real life thing. I'm going to presume that if you go to Lee Min Ho's house, he doesn't actually have like a whole wall in his guest bedroom, which only has his face on it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And I hope so. I hope he doesn't. <laughs> Maybe he does. I don't know. There you go. That's it. That's my random thing for this week. <laughs> Now it's time for my something I'm loving section this week. And I guess, I guess it's my cat. <laughs> She's sitting on my lap again, um, being thoroughly annoying, but also it's pretty great. She's pretty great. I do love her. <laughs> Even though I think she has a vendetta against my podcast. Um, she's run away again now. So there you go. That's what I'm loving this week. <laughs> me to the very end of this week's show thank you so very much for listening um this brings me to the part where i say an enormous thank you to those people on patreon who are supporting the show there um and a very very special shout out to new patreon daniel kim thank you so much daniel it's lovely to have you on patreon thank you um so if anyone else is interested um i do have a whole bunch of extra episodes up on patreon now um some are a bit waffly there's a q a episode um, where lovely patrons asked me some random questions which I answered some kind of like stuff about tropes also how I got into k-dramas and just different stuff like that um, and I've also done a bunch of extra guest gabs on there with lovely special guest G and also um, we actually recapped the entirety of Flower of Evil um, which is a feat that I feel very proud of because I don't know that G was super impressed with watching an entire drama with me but he actually really enjoyed it so that made me very 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 happy uh, so that's a lot of fun you can check out that stuff there if you want to so thank you so much for listening to the show this week i hope you'll tune in again next week for another episode um, filled with k-drama obviously what else would it be filled with i have no idea um and until then this is lee evie thank you so much for listening over and out <laughs>